You're listening to the We're Talking Drums Podcast with your hosts, Derek Doucette and Corey Hoffman. This week's episode of War Talking Drums is brought to you by Los Cabos Drumsticks, Canada's number one drumstick manufacturer. With 22 models to choose from, you can get the right size, weight, and feel for your playing. Los Cabos Drumsticks. Hey, welcome to another episode of We're Talking Drums. <laughs> this is episode... 30. <laughs> this is episode 30, and we are fucking stoked to uh, be continuing to do this and have these awesome conversations about drums. Derek, what's going on, buddy? How are you doing today? I'm good. I am doing good. I hope you're also good. Next question. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Um, no, I'm dude, doing good. I, um, we got to we got to do some jamming this week, and uh, I'm getting my second dose of the vaccine on Sunday, um, and uh, yeah, things are going going well. It's been nice to to hit my real drums on a on a semi regular basis now. That's awesome, dude! I got my second dose this week on Tuesday, and it I I'm lucky that my uh, well, not lucky that my boss gave me time off because, like, legally you're supposed to. But uh, he he was like, take as much time as you need, and I had I took Wednesday off, and because it kicked my ass, dude. And yeah, straight, I've been hearing uh, that from like, pretty much everybody I know who's gotten it. And the first one did nothing; like, arm slightly sore, but hardly. Um, and this time, man, I was out, like, it felt like I drank 5,000 beers. I, it felt like the worst hangover of my life is what mm. it actually felt like for about like six to 10 hours. Um, yeah, it was brutal. That's rough. <sighs> I'm not looking forward to it, especially cause like, at least you live with people. I live, uh, <laughs> you know, I live with a dog that's going to need to be taken for walks. So that's, uh, that's going to be a rough day, but you know. Well, well, my 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 girlfriend uh, is working evenings. Like she starts work at like three p.m. now, roughly. She leaves the house. Um, I think that day even she left even earlier. But then like she she sleeps most of the morning and everything, doing like fourteen to sixteen hour days. So, like, I had to take care of the dog. I had to do the usual stuff. Good thing I have a English bulldog who <laughs> is uh, just as lazy as me. You can you can see him in the background. You see oh, him? he's rolling around. Uh, I do see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He's, now he's just laying there. Hopefully you don't hear him snoozing. Um, but, yeah, he's just as lazy as as, as I was that day anyways. So nice. yeah, Bob's pretty lazy uh, too. So he's he's getting pretty old. So I'm not too nervous, but he will have to go out at some point. So hopefully I'm not too uh, too destroyed. But you know, whatever, it's worth it. Um, and uh, you know, the end is in sight. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I am actually really excited um, about get it being fully vaccinated. Like it. Um, I don't know, man. The I, I I can just sense the opportunities arising um, very quickly here. 
Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, and I, I have lots of um, studio work coming up. Some like really cool stuff to uh, to announce in the coming months that I have done and and will be doing, and like lots of lots of fun stuff that nice. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, it's actually uh, this this past week. I was discussing it with some of the the members of Crimson Shadows because we are are getting together uh, more frequently now, and uh, it's it's just weird and strange because before the only plans we had was with our significant others who we live with. So whenever uh, they say like, "Oh, we we have to go do this or whatever," you don't even question it because that's the only person that you've ever made plans with outside of like working mm-hmm. right so um but we actually had uh, a meeting scheduled and Ooh. our vocalist just spaced uh because his wife was like hey we uh we we got a vaccine booked let's go and he's just like yes okay perfect like walks out the door <laughs> and then we message him and he's like oh fuck and he's sitting in line to get the vaccine and <laughs> Honestly, it made me think. I was like, making plans is so hard, man. Not used to it. Not used to making plans with people anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's just so, so strange and foreign. Cause for the last year and a half, even if people wanted to get together, it's like, sorry, man, we can't. Like, <laughs> it's really, yeah. it's unfortunate. That is going to be weird. Like, so, I've been, I mean, I've been ma- kind of making plans. Like, I mean, I've, I've been working for a while now, but also like, um, I've been seeing my girlfriend. We don't live together. And uh, so that's kind of like I do go out and do stuff. But it's like we went out for dinner. Not dinner. We went out for like brunch the other day. And it was like we've been together for several months now. And that was the second time we've ever gone out to eat somewhere <laughs> because it's the second like we haven't been able to. So that was really strange. Just walking down the sidewalk and being like, hey, we can go and eat here. And then I was like, oh, man, that's so foreign feeling. But uh, it's a good thing. I'm excited. I don't think it'll take long to get used to being a human again. Hopefully. Honestly, I don't think so either. Um, I, I'm i already just like absolutely loving the idea of um, being able to see people and do things. And um, life, life is a lot different for myself now than it was before you mm-hmm. know like i used to be extremely social and and go to shows all the time and man and i i'd be out like two three nights a week you know like seeing people are going out for drinks after work or this and that and the other thing and now it's like man i just want to come home i want to play drums i want to record drums i want to edit drums i want to mix drums i want you know like that's I kind of just want to spend most of my time by myself or hanging out with my dog and, and my girlfriend. So totally, that's <laughs> probably like a pretty good productive way uh, of living. I mean, you know who who needs people when you have drums? Yeah, it's even <laughs> right? booking booking these recording sessions and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, like how much recording can I squeeze into? these days I have booked so I can get like as much done so I don't have to go in for another you know like couple weeks you know like get all of this finished 
And then I can get a couple weeks off and then go back into the studio and spend a couple days. Because even like a couple days of, of time is like, you know, it feels like a lot nowadays, you know? I oh, man. Yeah, I don't definitely. know, man. I'm like, yeah, I'm nervous like, for, for rehearsals to start back up because I'm just like, I've got stuff scheduled for every day. Like, I don't do like session stuff and things like that. But like, I have stuff scheduled for pretty much every day, like between lessons and work. And, and so now like two more days of band practice every week, I'm kind of like... Oh man, how am I gonna juggle that? But um, that might actually be a pretty good segue into our guest of the day because uh, this guy's a bit of a master juggler, it seems. It it definitely does seem that way, man. This uh, he he plays for a number of bands and uh, and a number of different styles uh, within within metal. But um, yeah, um, I guess let's uh, let's let's bring him on here. Let's do a uh, cold column. Greg Carvalho, welcome to the show. How are you doing today, bud? I'm pretty good. Day off work, and I mean, I'm a big fan of this podcast, so it's awesome to be on here. <laughs> you are. We, hey, did I see that you you bought one of our mugs? And I got the, the muscle shirt like a couple days after. Oh, nice. I think I have. Corey, did I get one? Do you have yeah, one for me? I have one waiting at my house uh, for you. Don't worry. Nice. But uh, we have to see yeah. each other, which we haven't done yes. in, um, what, 10 months? I haven't seen you. So <laughs> maybe more than yeah. that. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute, man. But uh, that's good, man. You got the day off work. It's Friday. So, like, long weekend for you. And, you know. Unfortunately not. I work Sundays. Oh, uh, boo. But I always I always get Friday, Saturday, so that's a bonus. All right, so it's the start of your weekend. Starting it, uh, exactly. starting it off right, you know? That's excellent, dude. So um, I want to start things off by just going down the list of bands that you play for and have played for. Oh, man. And, and <laughs> what a list. I... Maybe you can fill in some blanks, too, because I don't think this is all sure. of them. But um, so former bands is uh, I can I don't even know if I can pronounce half this either. Uh, Ostium next, uh, yeah. Low Tech Cruiser, yeah. Um, so that that's what I found for for those. I know there's there's got to be like a half dozen more. Um, there's a bunch. I mean, there's some I don't even remember playing in. They were just kind of like a, a thing, <laughs> and then it was like goodbye. Yeah. yeah. Um, those two in particular, Low Tech Cruiser, they're like a, they were kind of like a sludgy, thrash, doomy type band. Cool. And so I kind of helped them get off the ground, and then I left about a year after because that's when Apox started to pick up. Right. So we released Awakening, and then we went on tour after that, so I didn't have time do that anymore yeah and then ostium next man rest in peace that was like one of my favorite bands i was ever in they pushed me so hard technically um and they all just flaked off like i don't i don't know why i was kind of upset about it but <laughs> it is what it is yeah man oh fuck dude i i love that when you when you get with a group of people and they just like push your playing to the next level you know, like, uh, I know when I played in, uh, Vesperia, uh, Frankie, their guitar player, when he joined, I swear my drumming went from like a four to, to an eight, 
like within like six yeah. months of playing with that guy because he is so so talented. Insane. Yeah, <laughs> like he was showing me like how how to practice properly and stuff because he was he was a fantastic drummer <laughs> and ridiculous guitar player. So I was like, fuck, you know, you got you learn a thing or two when you play with guys like that. Um, yeah, but also there is uh, a a trident's lament. Uh, is that? I'll correct you there. I'll correct. A, a, tyrant's, a tyrant's lament. lament. Oh my god! <laughs> tyrant's lemon. <laughs> Sounds good. They're sour, man. They're sour. They're sour. All right. uh, Shadow Cult. Is that how you pronounce that one? Yeah, that's perfect. So Tyrant's Lament is like a newer band I joined. Mm -hmm. We're still together. They're all from Brantford. A whole bunch of guys I've never heard of. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of them. Dude, I just love the way that you say Brantford. Brantford. (laughs) Brantford. You got to say it like that, man. And anyone who knows anyone in Brantford... Fucking knows what we're talking about. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the vocalist of that band, Tyron Cement, he used to be in Goreworm. If you guys know them, sounds familiar. Yeah. So I think I've they're also I'm sitting, here, with them. I'm sitting here shaking my head as if people can hear that. <laughs> <laughs> they see you. Um, and then yeah, Shadow Colt is like uh, I don't even know how to explain it. They he called the the main guy of that band called it like monk metal. Well, the way it's listed is blackened cinematic metal with piano yeah, it's, solo. Uh, it's it's very unique. Uh, the guy's name is Marty Steele. Um, he went to school for music name. and all this. Yeah, I know, eh? Marty Steele. But he's he's super talented guy. He was telling me about this years ago that he wanted to get me for it and eventually came around. He's like, hey, we're ready to do this. Sent me the material. I thought it was some of the best music I've ever heard. Um, I actually listen to it a lot, not just for like my drumming. I don't know about you guys, but when I do something <laughs> on drums, I'd listen to that recording so much and get like engraved <laughs> in my head. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, the m- I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of my own album now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean the, the music he wrote is just phenomenal. Yeah. I, nice. That's excellent, dude. Uh, it- and then we got uh, Stolos, which is a somewhat newer black metal project, kind of kind of like a, a super group from the uh, Kitchener scene. It seems like <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. They're uh, they're special. They're definitely a special band to me. I love all the guys in there. We're super chill, so it's like very easy to work with one another. You know, I don't really have that with every other band you know mm-hmm. there's always some type of business that you got to deal with but this band's just super relaxed you know we all are just easygoing people um and we just make black metal yeah kind of like yeah. uh what did, what did i say I, don't, I honestly don't even listen to a lot of black metal i'm not even gonna lie to you <laughs> so it's my own interpretation <laughs> all you gotta do is blast beat exactly that's they're like just <laughs> that's they're like blast and play fast i'm like all right yeah fine. traditional <laughs> blast actually <laughs> <laughs> I was actually at a show of yours, um, and uh, I had gone to this show just to see um, a friend's band. Actually, I think it was uh, Sam's Sam Landa's band, uh, Dead Asylum. I think you guys were playing. Oh yeah, with them. I remember that. And I um, I had to leave, um, and like I just all I knew was like, oh, like we're gonna go see this band, and then we're gonna like we're gonna head out. And I had no idea that you were playing in solos. I think I remember and, that. Course, 
I got there and everybody had corpse paint on, so like I'm sure I even saw you, <laughs> but I didn't know it was you. Other, like I would have hundred percent just made a point to stay had I known that you were like drumming there. Hey. Uh, and then I found out later, I was like, oh damn. <laughs> I remember that. I definitely remember that show. It was with Stolos. It was a Karina show. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I'm looking back. I'm I like that was for- one of the more recent shows I've been to. Yeah, yeah, I gotta say it's that like, too. <laughs> like two years ago. <laughs> Yeah, I can't wait till shows start up, man. I'm I'm eager. Oh yeah, yeah, it's gonna be pretty great. As all all of Have us. We, are. Uh, are we approaching the end of this list yet, or what? Well, <laughs> dude, halfway, I, halfway. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We're about a quarter of the way up the climb, man. No, man. <laughs> um, but like that does bring me to APOC, which you guys today, I believe, dropped a brand new song and music video. Uh, for the the flesh totem, uh, yeah, and that's uh, the song. Yeah, that's the song off off the EP. Here, 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 Rath. I think that's it. I'm not even gonna lie. Brett, the vocalist, he came up with that, and I'm. I even thought, is that even a word, man? (laughs) Apparently, it's some Welsh word. (laughs) <laughs> okay, all right. I don't feel that bad about not being able to pronounce it now because you are, you even don't know. I don't know. I'm just as clueless, dude. Yeah, just man. As clueless. But I is is um the flesh totem like is that a penis joke? No, it's not. As much as <laughs> as much as I want it to be. <laughs> that was a, well, it, well, it is now. That was the whole reason we <laughs> so, had you on here for uh, for the penis sorry. joke song. Yeah. You know? <laughs> If I could give you like an idea of what I recall it being about, like Brett comes up with all this stuff. Um, but the whole EP is a concept and it's about, I believe this guy who has night terrors and that's kind of what the artwork is. It's like him. He's a little small guy there and a giant like beast, which is the night terror. And it's a whole big concept about him dealing with like that and everything. And uh, yeah, that's all I know. <laughs> That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's super I guess um, you know that leads me then to the the question, and this is I think uh, the important question, more important than what's the album about is um, what kind of uh, new drum things have you thrown into this one? Is there anything on this album that you put in that you're just like super proud of, and you're like, yeah, like I learned this new trick? Or honestly, something? what on, I'll be honest, what I've started to do in the last year and a bit, actually. Um, let's go back before a year and a bit ago, I used to always, you know, want to, I don't know you guys have probably been here. You want to do things on drums that make you stand out. You don't even care what's going on. You just want to do it. Cause you're like, I just want to be badass. Everyone needs to hear this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'll say, I'll, I'll say I've grown up since then. And so now I don't really try to do super crazy stuff because personally, APOC I find this band is more centered around Brett's vocals, which phenomenal vocalist, um, mm-hmm. and his fretless bass playing, which kind of makes us APOC in the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but drum parts, I mean, I'm definitely proud of what I've done on this. I'm I'm way more proud of this release opposed to the last one, the Scryer. Um, but nothing comes to mind, especially if I did anything super crazy. Well, I guess I mean I. It, Realistically, I think you answered the question perfectly because I, I, I mean, at the end of the day, there's something to be said about playing to the song, and I think that 
um, you know, knowing when to hold back and when to let loose is is important. And I completely understand what you mean, like you know, being in like previous bands. And I mean, I still like. Well, I'm, hearing you play, I know you go insane, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm still like a serial over player, but like, um, you know, I listen. I think of like my old bands, and it was literally just like, doesn't matter if this fill doesn't make sense here, it's going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I think that uh, you know withstanding that urge to do something insane as often as you can yeah uh, you know that t- that takes a lot it does i don't think people realize that no it definitely does because it's, it's fun to go crazy it sometimes. is it's like why not everyone should listen to me why is everyone listening to the freaking <laughs> bass player or the guitarist <laughs> <laughs> yeah we don't talk about bass players on this show definitely not no. i know i, I should i should have brought that up i know i've read it all not <laughs> not in a positive light at least <laughs> Yeah, but this song we released, I'm I'm super proud of it. My the next single we're gonna release in a few weeks, I believe, is probably my favorite song, and actually probably my favorite song on drums. Uh, we just went in more like a proggy direction, so it's a bit nice because our last release was more thrashy. Um, and what we've started to do is because we've had guitarist issues, so we've always had different guitar players in and out of the band. Uh, so the last album we had a guy named Ira, he's in Raider now. Um, he was more of a thrashy guy. So, you know, we we give them their freedom and, you know, like, make it make it your own music, right? And we'll adapt, kind of still keep it APOC, but whatever you throw in, we'll adapt to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a thrashy style. Fast forward, now we got Marcus Arar and Nicholas Luck. Um, and they're more like techie prog guys, which is obviously more the APOC style. So it's nice to go back to that proggy style we were at, but with their own taste onto it. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is. And those are some... I've been really fortunate where uh, our band doesn't have much of a turnover. Like um, We've kind of changed bassists a few times. Uh, and not, not, like it's, not like it's just bass, but like... Um, yeah, we kind of changed things around a little bit, but uh, overall, like, our sound, like, I think, you know, changing guitars is always a, you know, a pretty big change to the band. Oh, yeah, man. Huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so one thing I, I noticed, because uh, I was watching some of these videos, I think some of these were older playthrough videos I was watching, too. Because I remember, like, a while ago now, maybe like a year or two ago, you and I were chatting briefly about something, and you were talking about how you were learning... You're trying to work on switching to double strokes with your feet. Yes, and and I noticed uh, there's a video I watched of yours. Shrapnel baptism. Yeah, and um, seems like you had no problem uh, switching there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, man, I gotta tell you that was. Uh, do either of you do doubles? I don't. I'm working on it, um, but uh, yeah, I'm not comfortable with it yet. No, it's a t- it's a task, man. It is a task. So from honest to God, so this is how it all happened. I was learning it. We talked about it way back then, Derek. Learning it, couldn't get it. It was so frustrating. And then I went on tour with Ivoris. I got filled in for them. Uh, So they flew me out to Edmonton and we came back across Canada this way. But that was the tour. I was like, I need to learn doubles because some of their double kicks are so out of my league. I was like, this is the only way I'm ever going to be able to play it. (laughs) And... I kind of learned quickly because of that. Um, and that's how I grasped nice. it. Um, and going back to the scryer, which that playthrough is on, Shroud Baptism, that was a lot more thrashy. And I did a lot more double bass, like double strokes for that. Um, yeah. 
One thing I noticed, which I really liked, is so I will admit that typically I'm not a big, I'm not going to be one of those people that hates on double strokes, but I'm often I'm not a huge fan of it because usually when you see people playing it, their beaters are like just barely hitting yeah. the skin. And the first thing I noticed when you were doing it is like you're getting a full beater. <laughs> My beaters like with this. <laughs> yeah, I was like super impressed. Like that. I know that if I'm standing, there's no bass drum trigger. I'm still hearing what's happening. Yeah. Well, thank um, you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I really like that. And one thing I noticed in your pedals, and I don't know if this was something that helps or not, but I noticed you're using the uh, the Pearl Demon Drive, mm -hmm. and you have it in the short board position without the the heel plate. Yes. Did you just lose it, or is no, that something I, that you did? No, I, I t intentionally took that off because I felt that was actually impeding the angle of my foot. Um so I took it off just so it's more of a steep drop instead of, you know, it goes down and then you get the plate that drops nice. back a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Does it help? Probably not, honestly, but <laughs> does it make me feel like it helps? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, a mental know, maybe, thing. Uh, maybe it helped you when you were learning because what I noticed is like when you're playing, it looked like your foot really wasn't even coming close to that anymore. Maybe it yeah. was like, I don't know if you've been doing that for a long time or not, but a little bit, probably probably about a year actually I, I didn't take them off initially and then i was like fuck oh, okay. this thing's just in the way why do i have it here yeah nice yeah, so that's a really like creative solution to yeah you know get past that with doubles though i i uh it's hard i mean i'm not completely satisfied doing them i definitely feel yeah. the same way i'm like i don't want to do doubles to achieve those speeds <laughs> yes i do want to do doubles but one thing i found is you can't find a happy medium for doing doubles and singles I found they're completely two different setups. Oh yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, one is like the angle, and one is like the tension, especially and the beater angle sometimes. Yeah, maybe that's why I'm having such a difficult time, like fully committing to, it, is because I'm trying to find something where I can have a happy medium of doing both. Because I still yeah. want to be able to do single strokes. Um, because a lot of some of the stuff I play and whatnot isn't like that fast, you know. Um, but still, like getting up to the one ninety to two hundred range, I can do single strokes no problem. But once I get over like mm -hmm. two ten, and for long stretches, I want to be able to yeah. go to doubles just to like save some energy and everything. Save energy, right? exactly. Yeah. So I, I that that's where I'm at. Um, I'm just trying to make it function properly, but. Uh, I want to ask you guys a question for your for your pedals. Do you have them when you press them down fully? Do they dig in, or do you have them so like they just come down a certain amount? Like for example, my my doubles. If this is the plate and this is it, obviously they can't see on the podcast. But <laughs> you know, I have my pedal so it kind of comes all the way down instead of just going like that. Okay, so um, yes, my uh, my footboard. Uh, so I was playing with doubles uh, a couple of years ago, uh, back when I was only using um, my Tama Speed Cobras. And I was actually getting to the point where I did use it for a few shows. Actually, ironically enough, the show that I first saw you play, uh, you were filling in, it was with APOC and Bloodshot Dawn. Oh, yeah. And I was filling in, I was filling in for a band called Black Eve. Oh, yeah, I um, remember that. Yeah, you're all dressed up. I actually, I actually did use doubles for one part of one of their songs. Oh, no way. Um, and but then I whenever I switched to the dominators, I couldn't really do them anymore. And so I was like, ah, I'm just going to go to singles again. Yeah. Um, but 
I had my footboard quite high for the whenever I was using doubles, but now that I'm in singles again, I find my footboard is just getting lower and lower. Right. You both use dominators, don't you? Yeah. And then you also have access, mm-hmm. right, Corey? Yeah, I have Derek said. Uh, I listen. I, I, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know exactly. You know everything that's here, man. Uh, yeah, dude, the access though, I need to like completely take apart and like clean and reset up because something's not just not grooving with them anymore. Um, but yeah, my my dominators. Um, I have my beater angle at like forty five degrees, roughly. Not like crazy back, but yeah, not pretty, crazy forward, but. Yeah, so it, my um and my footboard's like up relatively far, but it's like all of it's kind of like average. And then my spring tension is like maxed. So Same. like that's That's interesting cuz I use like a medium to medium low spring tension. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, mine's not maxed by any means. I don't get I don't see um how you do that. Um but I do I don't either. Like Do you guys like light beaters? Um, I've only ever had one beater. I have, I think they're DW, they're wood, wood front DW with like a plastic backing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only used these. They're pretty light, although I do want some heavier ones. I'm not going to lie to get that. Man, you just use some beater weights. It's great. Beater weights? I put, yeah, I've got beater weights on mine and, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. They- for me, I find, especially with doing singles and I'm sure with doubles, this helps. Um, just being able to feel the pedal come back to yeah. you and catch it in your foot uh, makes a huge, huge difference for me. Where do they go on to the actual beater where that uh, the nut is? They go under the under the post. Oh, on the post, right? Okay. Yeah, and so you can you can raise them up. Like I have mine about halfway up the post. If you put them all the way to the end, then you get like super heavy beaters, and you can get some really fine tune how much they weigh. Oh, you get different weight, different weight sizes. I bet, eh? I'm sure you could. I don't know if you'd like. That's kind of how I treat it. I just go one weight size, and the higher up you put it, the heavier it feels. Because mm. realistically, mm-hmm. like the idea of having them all the way at the end, that would be super heavy. Uh, yeah. I feel like it'd be a little bit much, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, you guys use the stock beaters, don't you, on those dominators? <laughs> no, uh, I I use I use um, uh, Tama Iron Cobra wood beaters. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. And, and so you? those are pretty heavy as it is. And I have the Pro One V beaters. Um, that you gave me with the axis pedals. That's what I'm using now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I did use the uh, the stock Dominator beaters for a while, and I love them. I don't like the way they look. Um, so it always annoyed me when I look down at my feet, and I'm like, ah, just <laughs> I just don't like that's, it. That's interesting. I'm the I'm the opposite because I like how they look. I just didn't like using them. No, I don't like when it's like a, a round rounded surface. You know how it's just like a round thing, and so it's only hitting like a tiny area rather than having oh, more yeah, yeah. of a flat surface hitting against it. Yeah, I just found like uh, it. Probably doesn't sound. I'm using triggers anyway, so what does it matter what it sounds like? But I just, yeah, exactly. I just found like ah, it probably sounds like. I shit. think it also feels different though if you have a flat beater hitting. Yeah, you probably feel a bit more of that attack through the pedals. Yeah, maybe I should switch back and I'll have more, uh, you know, success. Because lately, man, my feet have just been so all over the place. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I don't know. It's been weird because I maybe because I'm working on my doubles so much, I'm losing my uh, singles. And now then <laughs> so I'm so frustrating. I'm gonna end up with nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're just gonna be like, okay, take these all apart, trying to reset them up again. Yeah, I'll be begging uh, Johnny to come back in his van so we can play some uh, 
hard country and I don't have to worry about two paddles. <laughs> it's an excuse not to blast. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I promise I won't blast anymore. Just come home. <laughs> I did. So, yep. so, uh, Greg, I got a question for you here. Just, uh, Going back to that show that where I first saw you play, you were doing double duty with APOC and Bloodshot Dawn, and you guys actually did a tour as well. Like, and you did double duty that whole tour. Yep. So, I'm interested. First of all, um, how did you not die? <laughs> and then the second question is like, like man, your chops must have been so good when you got back. Uh, um, and and like you know, what kind of like do you just in order to keep your chops up, do you practice a lot or do you just join a lot of bands? So, so this is going back, let's, that was 2017, I want to say. So this is going back however, like four years, five years almost. I was, that was probably my prime. I'm not at my prime anymore, but, <laughs> but at that point, you know, I was practicing every day for probably three, four hours. I'd go to work, get off grab mcdonald's or something and go to the go to my jam space and start practicing whatever um and when when we were going to do that tour brett got me kind of the gig to fill in for the bloodshot dawn and i mean that was my first filling gig for an ever and it was for an international band that i was there was definitely pressure on me at that um yeah definitely and, you know, I, it was probably three months in advance I got told that. So, you know, practice my ass off on all these songs. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I actually took maybe two weeks off before the start of the tour. or Let's say four four weeks before the start of the tour, I took two weeks off because I was just like, okay, I need to step back, you know, just relax. And then two weeks before I got back on the kit. And I don't know about you guys, but that's kind of how I work. You know, I take a step away for a little bit, go back at it. And then it regenerizes, and I actually do figure out things better. Um, I'm starting to get into that because it was a lot of years where I didn't realize that you had to rest. I'd be like, oh, like, why can't I play this? And then I must need to be practicing more. And then yeah. leading up to the show, I would just go crazy. And then it'd be like my chops are just gone because I burnt myself out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I took, a, took a step back, went at it, and that's when it all clicked in. And they have some super fast doubles or not, I, I don't know they're doubles, but I wasn't doing doubles back then either. Um, so yeah, I did practice a lot for that tour. I definitely uh, did the best I could. I'll say. <laughs> um, uh, I remember it sounding fantastic. Uh, the main, like, I remember listening to them play, and I didn't realize because I mean you can never really see the drummer at shows. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize that you were doing both bands, and I remember just thinking like, man, this guy's feet are tight. <laughs> Well, it wasn't my first time doing double duty. That Ostium Next band we just we brought up earlier. Um, at a time, at a point in time, I was always doing shows with Apoc and Ostium, and it was always back to back. So I I probably did like a double duty every weekend when we were doing shows. Um, I love yeah. I love doing double duty though. I'm not even gonna lie. I have asthma. <laughs> I have asthma, and my breathing's like so crappy. But it, I love it. I love it, man. It's so it's so good. Dude, I don't. I, uh, I, I wouldn't change it. I'm the same way, man. I I loved it back. Crimson and and Vesperia used to tour together, play shows all the time, and I love the double so duty, sweet. man. With like, I'd end up playing like close to two hours every night with. Vesperia doing like a forty-five minute set, and Crimson doing like an hour and a bit. Like, like it. And then you gotta rip your kit down after. You're like, fuck. Yeah. Well, dude, and the the good thing was that I could just 
I don't. I forget what I actually did. If I actually changed the heads out every night, because I had Vesperia uh, decal skins on the front of my kicks, so I think I would like tape oh, yeah. it on for them, and then I just take it off, and I had the crimson ones on underneath. But that was it, and I could just walk away. I could go get a drink of water, do some stretches, and then I'm back, back at it again for another hour. Like I, dude, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, it's so I fun. Loved it. I don't know if I could do it now because that was like, uh, like six, eight years ago or so. But dude, <laughs> I'm in the same boat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could. That does but. sound fun. I've I've never done that before. Yeah, it was excellent. I've only ever been in like one band at a time, so. I should try that. Well, you're pretty point, dedicated to the one. I remember seeing your post a while ago. You're like, you know, I'd rather just focus on the one band and, you know, get that super solid, which you guys are doing a great job of that. Thanks. So why yeah, not? I know. I like, I like what we're doing. So, um, and I think it, it works out cause like kind of how you were talking about earlier where it's great playing with a band that everybody clicks and like is easy to work with. And I kind of have that already. Yeah. So, uh, it's nice. And you were also saying something about like you know certain musicians that push you to be better, and I play with my brother in a band who's not going to hold back if I suck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'll tell like, you straight hey, up, Derek, <laughs> stop sucking. <laughs> now, will you tell him if he sucks? <laughs> I'm usually the one that has to stop sucking. Are you the younger uh, brother? <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same yeah. boat. <laughs> Me too, man. <laughs> but I am. But I am taller. Oh, that's yeah. the important part. I, I'm taller as well, but uh, I think I think his beard's a little longer, slightly. But <laughs> no, I know that's unacceptable. Know. So we're all the youngers, <laughs> all the youngest. Yeah, all babies. Uh, and funny enough, actually, so do you have- guys? I was I was also at that show, and uh, but I did not see oh. you play, Derek. That was right when me and Derek uh, were we first met each other. And I I remember seeing you, but uh, yeah, I went for APOC, and uh, I think more specifically to see you play Bloodshot. for Bloodshot Dawn as well. I didn't know Bloodshot Dawn at all. Thank you. So yeah, but dude, that was a that was a fantastic. You're show. like, who the fuck is this kid on drums from this city that I'm near? Like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I, I we definitely I'm pretty sure we knew each other, and like that's like main reason why I went out is because uh, you're playing drums for them, so. Dude, I, I, I recall the first time I met you was at Maxwell's in Waterloo and you, you were filling in, I believe for somebody. Lotharo. Maybe it, it might've been. been. Yes. Lotharo. Exactly. That was where yeah. and then you needed that second hi-hat stand or whatever the remote hat. Dude, that's right. You fucking <laughs> saved my it sounds ass. Like him. Yeah. I needed it. I needed, I could not, I forgot. I, I was in a rush when I left and I forgot it and like, Dude, yeah, you saved my fucking ass that night. Saved by the bell. Dude, that was that was <laughs> excellent, man. I loved it. Thank you again for that. Yeah, no worries, man. <laughs> the drummers are four. Yeah, man. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think I remember um officially meeting you, Greg. Uh I remember like I like like the show that we all played together in like Waterloo, but I don't remember actually like meeting. I remember <laughs> meeting and chatting with you at um it it was at what was it called? The Coalition. I don't know what show it was, but you were there with your brother and you were chatting with Brett and then I stepped in and that's kind of how we got to know each other, I think. Okay. I, don't I rec- bet that was back when I was drinking. Maybe. For- <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that, would ex- that would explain it. But uh, that, that's the first time I remember chatting with you. 
Oh, man, I can't wait to go to shows and chat with people again and then forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not drinking anymore, so we'll remember everything perfectly, right? Sure. We'll hold, we'll hold you to it. Sure. I think my memory's actually getting worse the less <laughs> I drink somehow. I don't know. Uh, well, it happens. Reverse oh, rot. old. Getting old, so, Greg, you know? what um, what can you tell us about your drum kit that you used on uh, on this new album? On the new album, I've been using and I did use um, my Yamaha Custom Oak. It's uh, <clears throat> the guy from uh, Lefou. Lefou, you know Lefou? No, Clit- nope. Clitoris. Oh yeah. yes, yes. But also no. Nope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Lefou yes. from Clitoris. He he uses that. Yeah. Um, and Joey Muha actually, I'm pretty sure uses it. Oh, really? Wow. That's the kid that you use in this playthrough video. Yeah, the green one. Yeah. Oh, is are those shells stained on the inside? There. Yeah, they are. I, I thought that was so sick, man. Um, yeah, that's pretty sexy. Yeah. I wanted to change it to purple because there's one band you didn't mention on the list, Moore's Verum. And I know you. Ooh. I know you know him, Derek, because Campbell talks about you so much. <laughs> Man, Campbell is amazing. He is such a good guitar He's writer, so good, and, man. or a guitar player and songwriter. He's so amazing. We we uh, we because you gave him your purple kit, right? Yeah, that was my first. Oh, that was my second kit. So we use that still. Parts of it, nice. The tom, they sound so heavy. The toms, man, they're like well, they're yeah, they're huge. Fourteen and eighteen inch yeah, toms, nice. Like so, that kit started life as um, I shouldn't say started life. That was my second kit I ever bought. Um, and I added to it. So it ended up being a double bass kit with four rack toms and two floor toms. And wow. when I moved to Toronto, I had um, I had a nut like my new Tama kit that Corey recently bought from me. And I was like, I can't and my electric. So I was like, I can't go up to Toronto with like all of these drum kits. Here, so I, I, I split I split the purple one in half and I sold most of it. And I kept those big toms because I was like, this is a cool setup. Yeah, it's really and nice. I never and I never used it for anything, really. We uh, we use that when we do like we do like acoustic like proggy jams, not just like death metal stuff with him. But we'll do that. We'll use that to get like an ambience on the kick and stuff. Does have a trigger? Um, nice. But anyways, back to my oh, cur- back to my current kit. I use the Yamaha Custom Oaks. I use Remo heads on the album. Um, I'm definitely a Remo guy. I don't know. I like the pinstripes. I use the yeah. I've used Evans a bit. I like them, but. I don't know, I guess it's like the whole bandwagon thing, I feel. <laughs> I think it's one of those things you jump... Well, you know what? I'm looking here at uh, at this video. I've got a screenshot up, and it looks like you've got an Evans Power Center oh, on your snare. Oh, shit. Called out. So I'm just going to... Called out right there. I'm just going to throw that out here. Let's cut that out. I need this endorsement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. That doesn't say Evans. <laughs> I think I'm actually using an Aquarian Super Kick, too, as well. Oh, mixing and matching. <laughs> and you got Minel symbols here and Sabian ones, I see. Yeah, so I, I use a lot of Minels. I did. I was a huge Minel guy, but the money was eating me alive. So I was like, okay, no more. Um, yeah. But I got a Minel MB20 ride. Best ride I've ever gotten. It's so it 22 inch? 22. It cuts through everything and blasting. Oh. I love it so much. I had this. That's the one. Um, Corey, you and I talked about this ride. Uh, the drummer of Blackguard used that one, and I got you to ask her what it was because I heard it at a show, and I was like, "That's an incredible ride," and I want to know what it is, and that's what yeah. it was. Yeah. And I also I used to have a twenty four of that same thing, and it was Damn. it was like a Spartan yeah. shield, man. 
Um, but then I got the dark classic symbols. Uh, I think at eighteen and a seventeen and an eighteen, I believe. And then they look so nice. They are really they sound nice. great. And- yeah, they're really good for uh, recording. I found Campbell. He was recording me. He said they're good because they don't give you super high end on the cymbals, yeah. so they're a bit mm-hmm. easier to mix into you know their own level. Yeah, you can always um, brighten nice. them up rather than having all those harsh frequencies just like shoot into the mics. It's like it's yeah. I'm sure mix. you doing a lot of audio stuff. You probably get that totally. Yeah, man, definitely having darker cymbals is definitely a plus. So. Yeah, man. And then uh, the hi hats. I I've had these since I started playing drums. They're my only hi hats. They're like fourteen inch AA Sabian. Uh, I haven't changed them ever because hi hats are freaking expensive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Man, I've been using my hats for oh my god, fifteen years or more, maybe more. And <laughs> yeah. a few a few years ago, I was playing and I looked and there was a crack in the edge of it. Oh. And um, how do you? It was like about a half inch and so what i did was i ended up just cutting it out on the top and like smoothing that but now i've got this like it's like a dip <laughs> in my hats um although i will say it seems to have made them a little bit more like uh, articulate okay the air this out. is my one question i don't get it how do you crack hi hats I don't know. <laughs> like I don't know. I don't know how it happens. Honestly, although i i am using HHX evolution hats. Oh, they're they're like, thin. Little thinner on the top, so that's forgiving. Um, I would say transportation. I mean, like blast a lot. Like if you have them in like a soft case or something, and it's it, you know, you, they get squished or something. That that is how I feel that you would crack them more. You know. Well, this was on the edge, though. I mean, I can see that happening on the the bow or the bow. Yeah. Which one do you, what do you guys call a bow or bow? Of what? The ship? Of the symbol. Of the ship? (laughs) Yo, ho, ho, what is happening? (laughs) The bell? The bell? No, there's the bell, there's the edge, and then in between that is the the bow. bow. Well, you're a woodworker, aren't you? The bow, I would say. Well, symbols aren't made of wood. (laughs) Yeah, but same idea, you know? It bows. Same same concept, right? (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Now that you say it like that. So I'm so gonna now that I've been questioning it for so long, I'm never gonna be able to get it right the first time. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I guess that makes sense. You know, those evolutions, I had a 16 inch evolution. That was my first crash, and I broke it mm-hmm. so fast. It sounds really nice, quiet. but two things. It was quiet though. Yeah. That was the problem. It did not work with like uh AA explosion crashes that I typically use. Oh yeah, those things are booming. Dude, mm-hmm. I love the hats sound great, but um yeah, I'm uh someday I'll get new hats, but you're right, they are super expensive, so that's gonna be a like when I need to, I'm yeah, going to. Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh another interesting thing about your uh your drum kit and something that um we've talked about on the show and warned people not to do what? in the past is uh play left handed. Oh well I don't play left handed. If you look closely <laughs> But you play you play kind of left handed. <laughs> I play open, almost I play open handed with all my shit on the left side, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That that's not quite as bad. Well yeah, are your toms set up? Tom, toms are left handed <laughs> set up. Okay. <gasps> <laughs> oh yeah it's an interesting setup at least nobody can go and just play it well, well that's, <laughs> Other that's, than you. that's the nice thing when it's set up in the hall you know sometimes there's a party and people are like you know you guys know oh can i play your kit no don't fucking touch my kit okay yeah <laughs> yeah um so i guess 
Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's got like, um, this video is great. I just like keep flicking through it. So now I have like a perfect shot of your, your kid here. <laughs> um, it is definitely an interesting setup because hey, it is kind of essentially for all intents and purposes, you do play left-handed in a way, yep. but but also not in a way. Yeah, yeah so, I've never really seen anybody play that. How did this happen? <laughs> so, okay. So my brother is a bassist. He plays in a band called Sierra. They renamed as Willow Water. They're like a prog rocky, like Queensryche. Yes. They used to be like Black Sabbath type band. Um, yeah. But so when I was growing up, we play together. I played left-handed initially. We're both left-handed. So he's a left-handed bassist. And... At some point, he told me, he's like, you know, when you play shows, you're not going to be switching kits around. You're going to be using the the house kit or whoever's kit's there. And, you know, it's going to be set up right-handed. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So why don't I just learn right-handed? So I learned that way. I always had the Toms original, so they'd be set up, like, right-handed typically. And then eventually I'm like, screw it. I'm not going <laughs> to try to learn my fills, doing my, like, um, I used to do a lot of paradiddles to do fills, kind of like some rudiments to get down the kit because you'll have to cross over if yeah. you do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did it that way, but then I was like, screw it. I just moved everything over just for my own ease. Um, when it comes to live shows, if I have to share a kit, honestly, I'll just play it. I'm like, you know, I play in the most fucked up setup that anyone's ever seen. <laughs> no one wants to sit there and wait for me to figure it out. So I'll just move like the ride over in the floor tom and then I'm all good. Nice. It's pretty interesting. It looks like I'd love to try playing it. I mean, realistically, it's just like a regular kit with your floor yeah. tom. Well, my goal... Oh, I guess your rack times are reversed, right? Yeah, my rack times. But my goal back when I was in my prime was, you know, I want to have a symmetrical kit, you know? Ooh, two floors. The same way. Two rides. Yeah, you have a pretty sick kit, I, mean, I gotta say. <laughs> two floors, two toms, two rides, two hats, you know? Um, like three or four crashes and two chinas. That was the dream. And I was like, fuck, too much, too much shit's too hard to worry about moving. The only thing. Yeah, I know you're guilty that. of that. <laughs> same, same with the only Corey. thing I'm missing is two rides. I just, I don't feel like I ever need two rides. It would be nice, but I just, I, I'll get my stick caught on everything way too much. I'm like, ah, fuck it. So, uh, yeah. But other than that, I'm like, well, you can try two of everything. What? Well, what can you I should try? try the bottom of a hi-hat. I did this at one time. The bottom of a hi-hat sound. it depends what type of hi-hat, but if you get like a thick metal one, it sounds exactly like a ride and it's only like 14 inches. Ooh, so it doesn't take up a lot idea. of space. And you Ooh. can put that on if you ever have like an ice bell. Angus Spike, who was on the show, Cathartic Demise, he has an ice bell just below his hi-hat on the left side there. So he would go to that. But I got one of those. I got an ice bell on my left side but too. But sometimes you don't want the bell. Sometimes you want the ride action, right? Yeah. yeah, interesting. I never even thought of the hi hat thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I experimented that. Maybe a whenever bit. I finally, maybe because I know the evolution actually has quite a thick bottom hi hat. So maybe whenever I finally, uh, you know, cave and get some new ones, I'll I'll try that out. Yeah, there you go. Although to be honest, I'll probably forget about it by the time that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you take your hi hat off, you'll be like, oh wait, bing. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now, tit- the last thing I need is more symbols. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Well, tips with Greg. There you go. You want dual <laughs> dual rides? Just grab another set of <laughs> super expensive high yeah, hats. I like it. <laughs> so, is there anything else weird about your kit 
that would be a, a fun fact that you can share? Um, honestly, just that everything's just really messed on the left side there. I mean, it's super, super stressful on my left hand. I mean, I try not to stress out, right? But gotta move that everywhere. And then this, yeah. guy, this guy just does a snare. That's all I do. That's it. <laughs> that works. <laughs> not bad. Um, yeah. I like it. So I guess you said that like you sometimes you will just play a right-handed kit. Like, do you find that that's helped you at all being uh, like kind of left like a lefty playing on a in a right-hands world? Yeah, <laughs> it's helped. It's helped me a little bit because you know I just have to deal with it. Um, mm-hmm. And like I mentioned, I I'll usually only ever move a ride and the floor tom over. The floor tom I could do without on my left side there, but to do a lot of ride stuff, I would need that over there. So. That's the only thing I've ever had to learn to do. Otherwise, you know, I'll, I'll use a crash symbol. I'll just hit it on the edge like a ride, right? If I need to. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I've kind of adapted just so I don't have to worry about it. You know, it's uh, when it comes down to it, it's like, I, you know, I used to care a lot about playing and playing perfect live. And now it's like, okay, I don't care. You know, we're just having fun. Everyone's <laughs> just here to listen. No one's going to notice all these little things that you're going to be so anal about. So I've, I've, I've cared less and less. (laughs) Yeah. I've, I've been getting the same way. Um, at least I was back when the shows were happening and, and it's so easy to beat yourself up. And then like, there's a number of times that people caught mistakes on camera and like, I watched the video. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, you don't even notice that. <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought that I ruined our set and it's like completely unnoticeable. <laughs> and so I, I started realizing like it does not matter. Like, no. No. As long as you keep going, you're good. Yeah, the average person won't have any idea. Yeah. I I used to have that mentality of like play as tight as possible. Then I was like, no, you know what? Have fun and you put on a good show. But then I started realizing yes. like 90% of the audience can't see you. So what does it matter if like you're putting on a good show? So back to focusing on playing the best you can. <laughs> like, yeah. There has to be some kind of like middle ground there, you know? Uh, and just like, honestly, just having a good time um, and being rehearsed. Just don't go up there yes. and be a sloppy mess. Like, you know, know what the fuck you're doing. But uh, at the same time, just have a fun time and, and don't beat yourself up, you know? But. What's actually, that you mentioned that, what's cool about that, going back a little bit about all, all these different bands I'm in, is they're all, they all learn differently and we write differently. So it's cool. It's cool for me to be in different ways to write music or how a band's going to come together. And, and so, for example, APOC, we literally, you know, we'll guitar pro songs out. We have that. We'll listen, learn, and then we'll get set up a band practice and play together and get that, that the energy there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Stolos and some other bands like that will literally just straight up jam, get some riffs, and then complete a song that way. Instead of doing it so structured, like APOC, for example, um, mm-hmm. it's more just on the spot, come up with it, which that that way is just as good. I mean, I don't have a preference. They're both different. I love, you know, being able to guitar pro and tab my drum fills and stuff, and I'll accidentally tab something and come up with something I didn't mean to. Oh, I do that all the time. Great. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, sweet. That's cool. I like it. Then I learn it that way. Um, and then, like, stole yeah, all you like misclick a snare drum hit. You're like, oh, that sounds really yeah. cool. That's dang. 
And then Stolos will just like, I'll come up with something and it just kind of flows right in. So it's cool. It's cool having different outlets for that. Nice. That's uh, I guess, I mean, it kind of goes in, you know, I don't want to say, I was going to say, it kind of goes back to this. We haven't talked about this, but it, um, <laughs> it just shows that like, there's no, uh, you know, the more you know about songwriting and the more kind of pots you stick your hand in, the better prepared you are just yeah. moving forward to jam with other musicians. Exactly. And uh, so I got distracted. My dog sitting here looking at me. <laughs> it's like, feed me, feed um, me. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, he's, he's getting pretty hungry. Um, I did have another question for you. Uh, and this was kind of regarding all the bands that you play in and, and, uh, kind of what we talked about at the beginning before you, like <laughs> the very beginning of the episode. Um, how does it, how do you go about juggling stuff like this? Like do a lot of the bands that you're in, do you like, cause I know with centuries we jam twice a week. Yeah. Do most of these bands jam on a regular basis or is it like, Hey, we got a show coming up. Let's do a couple quick jams. Like, so, that's a big time commitment. A hundred percent. And boy, do I get stressed sometimes. Cause like, I don't get a, <laughs> I don't get a day to myself. Um, yeah, it's pretty stressful, but s- some bands, APOC and the ones that are more like well-prepared will do exactly that. We'll get everything. We'll jam only when we have a show coming up, for example, or doing a live stream or something like that. Other bands, uh, the ones I jam with on the regular is Stolos, and there's one on there called Spook the Beast. I was jamming with them every Wednesday and Monday, um, and then we, I, I was like, I need to take a step back. I've got drained, so we'll do alternating Wednesdays with those bands. Um, okay. Shadow Call, we haven't jammed in a while, but it would be the same as APOC. We just learn it, come in, and kind of go from there. We haven't jammed with Shadow Call because the Marty guy, he's a dad, so he has a little kid, you know, just being safe because of COVID, which is respectable. Um, Totally. Tyrant's Lament, the Branford band. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We haven't got together in a bit because... um, just COVID, it's hard to schedule everyone. One guy does like uh, the Hamilton bus, so he's always busy Monday to Friday, sometimes in the mornings, evenings, rotating shifts. But um, yeah, it's kind of just whenever we get time. Some bands don't jam for months, um, and a few jam repetitively every week or something. But you know, I just try and make time for it. Otherwise, I'd be sitting at my computer gaming. That's what I'd be doing otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, that makes sense. It's uh, it's interesting for me because I mean, Corey, I know you play with a lot of bands, but realistically, I haven't played with that many, so I always find it kind of like, shocking. Like I was reading through your list, and I was like, "How does this person possibly do this?" <laughs> yeah, like honestly, of that whole list, there's probably like seven seven of those are active, um, and of the seven active ones, there's probably three that three or four that jam regularly. Yeah, yeah. Even then, that's so if a lot. you were to give some. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah dude. So if you were to give a pointer to somebody who like you know was get, getting into drums and wanted to start doing stuff like this, what is what would you like number one tip for being able to handle all of this beat? Play well the one thing about all these bands is I play the music I like. I'm not just playing music for the sake of playing it. So that helps because you know, that's my motivation to do it. I like the music, I like what we're making. Um mm-hmm. but you know, just Put in the effort. Like, why Why say you're too tired to do this or do that? You know, you can make time if you really want to make time for it. Um, you know, it's easy to say, you know, I'm lazy. I'm not going to come out. I'm not going to go to the show. I'm not going to 
practice drums, whatever. But, you know, if you really want to, you'll do that. Um, and, you know, I, I, I also, I do all these different projects as, you know, my goal, I do want to be a drummer. I want to get big one day. That's, that's my goal. I'm sure that's everyone's goal. <laughs> and these bands are all my outlets. You know, I got A, B, C, D, all the way to Z. <laughs> so one of them's got to take off. That's the idea. Nice. I like it. Absolutely, man. Cool, man. Well, uh, Corey, you got any more questions here? Uh, no, man. Uh, I think that's uh, a great place to, to call this. Uh, thanks uh, a lot to uh, Greg for, for coming on, brother. Like, it's great to sit down and have a chat with you. You know, oh, kinda... thank you very much. It was man, a pleasure. I can't believe you got a mug before I did. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you gotta, we gotta get together. I gotta, I gotta see you in person so you can, uh, you can get your, your shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm down. I'm down, man. <laughs> <laughs> excellent man. all right guys well greg thanks again uh everybody listening thanks for that and if you want to be like greg you can either practice drums a lot or you can head on over to our store and pick up your very own we're talking drums i almost said we're talking mugs <laughs> 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 you go get it go buy a mug that's what i'm trying to get yeah at. i drink it every day i drink through it every day man that's it and when you're online Make sure to uh, pre-order your copy of the new APOC EP, Hereith. I, I think that's... Good like, enough, I think. Hereith. I don't know, man. That's how it looked. It's like APOC. APOC. Then that is out <laughs> September 10th, so set your calendars. Make sure to check that out. Check out... Uh, their their the new video, video flesh totem. That's right, the penis patrolling. Uh, it's great. <laughs> penis patrol. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, boys, time to pack her in. This has been fun. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. Bye, everybody, and until next week. Keep drumming. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram. And if you're feeling especially kind, we would love it if you would share this with a friend or two. If you have any comments, questions, or even suggestions for future shows, please let us know. You can fire us a message and we'll do our best to get back to you. Catch you next time.